Johnny, you should start a you should start DJing and have your DJ name be DJ Dr. Fraser Crane. <laughs> I'm listening. Burp, 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 burp. Hello and welcome to episode 116 of the Erasable Podcast. It's been a few weeks since the three of us were together, but we're back and we're seasonal AF if you live in this hemisphere. I'm Johnny Gamber with hosting duties this week, and I'm joined by my two favorite rays of sunshine, Andy Wellfleet and Tim Wassum. How are you guys tonight? Very good. Doing awesome. What does Bright. AF mean? Johnny, what does AF mean? It's <laughs> funk. Okay, okay. It's funk. <laughs> yeah. Get on down the funk! <laughs> right. Woo, starting oh, us off okay, with a bang. Now. Yeah. <laughs> now I understand it, yeah. <laughs> I need you to break it down for me, Johnny. Yeah. <laughs> DJ Dr. Fraser Crane. Plug my <laughs> plug my bass in, get a drum machine going. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. DJ Frage. <laughs> <laughs> so tonight we're gonna talk about riding outside because it seems like for a lot of us, especially in the United States and most parts of Europe, this starts to be the time of year that we can ride outside without, you know, going numb or dying of heat exhaustion. So to that it's end until we can't do it anymore in about what 12 years is that what they said yeah oh yeah oh god yeah the <laughs> 10b tombs doomsday tim <laughs> let's, let's make the most of these 12 years choose the right time yeah. choose wisely <laughs> because oh, we're man. all gonna die <laughs> <laughs> so uh we're gonna talk about our favorite outdoor writing places um maybe some specific tools we use for writing outside some tips and if we have time we're gonna take a look at what we would take on a proverbial desert island camping trip where you can only take a day pack. Hmm. And that has to include all your SHIT. <laughs> family friendly. We're going to sit now. We're going to start saying FF for family friendly and whatever we want to say a bad word. Uh huh. All, all of your FF. <laughs> what the FF? So before we go outside, why don't we jump into our tools of the trade? Who goes first this week? I'm looking uh, at the talk. Andy! Yay! Yay! Oh man, what is so? I just spent a week in uh, Minneapolis, uh, going to the big conference that I do every year. Um, I, I made some pencils for it again. Um, I had some evenings uh, free, so I watched uh, a lot of shows that usually Katie doesn't want to watch. I hardly ever watch television on my own, um, so I it just kind of finished up on Star Trek Discovery and I uh, season two, and I actually have a couple more um, more episodes to watch, but. It's it's a really good show. It's really fast paced and kind of frenetic, which is kind of hard to reconcile. But it's love the characters. I love the plot. It's it's really good. Um, what's really funny is they try to take all of these like um, really like because because it, it's a prequel of the original series of Star Trek, like with Kirk and Spock, and they they try to like take all these really super cheesy '60s science fiction tropes and turn them into like something more modern. So there was this this alien species called the Talosians, which had these like big, giant, brainy heads and like a little throbbing vein, and they were just really cheesy looking from like 1966 <laughs> or whatever it was. And they try to modernize them; they they look so dumb. <laughs> I'm just like <laughs> like when you put this in high fidelity, it's just terrible. Um, but it's, yeah, it's a really it's a really good show. Otherwise, um, other than that, um, Katie and I watched Shrill before we left. It's a six-episode show on Hulu uh, based on this book by, of the same name by Lindy West. And A.D. Bryant from Saturday Night Live is the the um, the star. She's a really good show. It's a really good show. Um, 
I've been excited about that. I haven't watched yeah, it yet. Yeah. Um, watched, uh, reading a few books. Um, again, went to this conference, which is a content strat, like a UX content strategy conference. And there were a lot of interesting books written by people who were there next year. Hopefully that's me. Um, but uh, there's, hey. a book, there's a book called Everyday Information Architecture, where if that sounds interesting to you, you will like it. If it does not sound interesting to you, uh, you'll be super bored by it. So um, <laughs> it's a really good book. <laughs> There's a book that's a little bit broader that's also really interesting called Ruined by Design. Um, there's a designer in San Francisco named Mike Montero who um, it's kind of like your grumpy old design man. Um, he yells a lot about like you know big tech companies that are kind of ruining ruining the world and how designers are complicit in that. So it's it's a really good just sort of like books about ethics and design. Um, I think it would be interesting even to people who are not designers or in like UX design. I was about to say, so your description of it makes it sound good to me now. And oh, yeah. Before, so I don't go by the title. That's I sound, I want to read that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, really. like if that sounds good, I'm like, well, I don't even know what it means. <laughs> well, that was, that was Everyday uh, Information Architecture. No, yeah, this the second book, Ruined by Design, I think. Oh, okay. yeah, okay, yeah. Sorry. Two different books. <laughs> yeah. No, it's all right. <laughs> and I am writing with the, uh, it's funny, last time we were all together, we were just talking to uh, Alexander, um, and uh, this time around, uh, he was introducing the Blackwing 811. And by this, by the time you're hearing this, it's sold out. So um, it shows you just how, A, how popular this pencil has been, and B, how um, long it's been since we recorded together. Um, but my, I'm writing with my sold-out Blackwing 811. Otherwise known as the Slickwing. The Slickwing. The glowy, <laughs> the glowy Slickwing. <laughs> it is so slippery. Yeah. yeah it's very pretty. Yeah. Right? Yeah, Tim. How about I was you? really excited to give it to the uh, librarian at our school, and he was yeah. very excited to get it. So it's yeah, like, he's like, I have to wear like rubber gloves to use you. it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How about you, Tim? Well, I have. So the first thing I'll mention, I have been listening. And I don't do this very often, but I've been listening to a song on repeat for a few days. Hmm. Uh, and Bruce Springsteen just came out with his first new song in like five years. Uh-huh. Uh, and I've talked about him before, how I'm not like a super fan, but just kind of over the years, I've kind of grown to appreciate him. But he has a new song out called Hello Sunshine that everybody needs to listen to. It's an amazing song. It's really good. He's got a new album coming out that I think has, if you guys Google it, the album's called Western Stars that's coming out. And this might be one of my favorite album covers hmm. in recent years because it is just like such a perfect picture. Uh, it's just a photograph. It's like really simple. But... Uh, look it up. Uh, I think it's pretty great, but, um, it's, it's a really good song and he kind of modeled it. He said the, the album is, Oh yeah. Look at that. That one that beautiful? With, with the horse. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Ugh, that gorgeous. should, that should uh, be in a field notes cover. Yeah, for real. That's true. Horses edition. That'd be awesome. <laughs> um, it's, uh, he said he modeled it after like sixties and seventies kind of singer songwriter stuff, uh, which you kind of hear kind of like a Burt Baccarat if, you know, Burt Baccarat was Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! But but uh, you know how he's he had like two. He did what was it? Uh, Nebraska, which an album he did like right after like another big album. I think it was a uh, right after Born in the USA or something like that. Yeah. And then he had Ghost of Tom Jode. So it's like every like third album he would just say uh screw it i've been in these stadiums i'm gonna do this solo album and just like do character driven songs that are 
like a little more simple. And that's what he's doing apparently now. And anyways, that song is really great. I've been listening to it uh, pretty much on a loop several times a day. So yeah. check that out. Um, I've been listening to two new podcasts. And the first one I was afraid that I talked about it, but I don't think I did because I tried to look in their show notes and I didn't find it. But have I ever talked about Mobituaries? I don't think so. It's Mo Rocca's new podcast. <laughs> uh-huh came out in the last like i don't know three months or something but it is just he has the and he has a book coming out now that's by the same title but Ooh. it's just about these kind of people or stories or concepts that have just kind of fallen by the wayside in history and mm-hmm. he like resurrects them so he talks about like there's one about the first siamese twins that lived in like the town that mayberry was based on from andy griffith <laughs> you oh, know wow. like that story. <laughs> and then there's one um he does one about Sammy Davis Jr., kind of like the unheard story of Sammy Davis Jr., and just these like huge figures and huge. Oh, one of them, my favorite one, uh, was it's about the guy, and I'm gonna forget his name, but he was the world famous JFK impersonator who made that comedy album back in the '60s when JFK was in office, like won Grammys, and it was like the number one selling album in the world or mm-hmm. something. But then JFK was assassinated, and he just like disappeared from the face <laughs> of the earth, uh-huh. and like his, his career was over, and so he like tells his story so it's really good it's a really well produced like a really cool podcast he goes everywhere he does one about audrey hepburn too that's really excellent Hmm. um and then the other one i've been listening to that's newer is called against the rules and it's a podcast by michael lewis the guy who wrote um moneyball blindside uh big short or what is it is the big short yeah but but, um yeah he was like mortgages and stuff yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, he was on the cover of a uh, Writer's Digest recently. Oh yeah, hmm. yeah. So he's he has that crazy. It's one of my like favorite bits of trivia. But he, the last four movies of his that were made, or the, or four books of his that were made in the movies, all won Best Adapted Screenplay at the Oscars, <laughs> which uh-huh. I thought was just like like sort of mind blowing. You know, yeah. it's like over and over again. Like these books he writes turn into these uh, best screenplays. Uh, but the concept of the podcast is that he's going into all these different examples in American culture uh, of how we are starting to buck against the referee in like, not just in sports, but in like everything, like any sort of part of our culture that's telling us we can't do something or is trying to limit how certain people do certain things that like our culture is just, just completely, um, rejecting that in some really aggressive ways hmm. and it's really interesting so there's one about the student loans there's one about there's one about basketball where he talks about how the reason refs get in fights with players so much these days is because refs are better than they've ever been <laughs> and like mm. the good the good like the steph curry's and these good players aren't able to get away with what michael jordan and larry bird used to get away with yeah. back <laughs> in the day because the refs are just better and so it's causing all this friction in the league because they're just better at their job which is so that was fascinating. So it's it's excellent. It's from Pushkin Industries, which is uh, uh, Malcolm Gladwell's new podcast network that he's started. Interesting. Um, so that is also excellent. You know, there's hmm. like four or five episodes. This is a short series. I think it's only going to be seven for that one. And then as far as reading, I have been rereading. It's like the fourth time now, but rereading Brothers K mm-hmm. by David James Duncan. Yeah. And I've talked about that at, you know at length before, but this book just kind of changes my life every time I read it. It's by, by far my favorite book I've ever read. So I'll, I'll continue to reread it regularly. And I just saw an interview with him and his first new book in like 12 years or something is supposed to come out later this year. Hmm. So that's super exciting. 
Uh, and I am writing with an MMX, my special MMX with the black banded uh, feral hackwing dawn to it and a gray eraser. It's like my tuxedo pencil. Nice. And, and just just for um, context for if we have any new listeners since we last talked about it, MMX, um, mm-hmm. that is what we call the uh, classic Palomino Blackwing, uh, the first one that Palomino came up with that's black and the softest. And we call it MMX because it came out in 2010. And we're trying very hard to get uh, Blackwing <laughs> to call it the MMX. Oh, my God. <laughs> so much traction. The, I wonder, like... The closest is we got we got Charles to call it an MMX when he was on the show one time. So like we feel pretty confident that we're getting into the canon. (laughs) Direction. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe I could walk out there from here and like they'd have to do it. That's three thousand miles. (laughs) Johnny's on a on a quest. (laughs) You you walk all the way there and you walk up to the door and say, "I'm here. Finally, you must call it the MMX." And they're like, "Okay," and they're like, "Now what do I do?" (laughs) I'm gonna be really theatrical about it. Like rip my shirt open and like. I'm totally shaved and have a big giant MMX tattoo, <laughs> or, like right on my belly. Johnny, you should walk you there. should walk exactly uh, 2,010 miles, which is probably Ooh. close-ish uh, to that. That could so. be like from Chicago. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'll bring Larry with me. Larry, I yeah. have to talk to you about something. <laughs> yeah, sorry about your life. We got to talk, man. Yeah. yeah, you might have a little more free time in the summer being a teacher. So <laughs> we'll talk. Yeah, so that's what I'm uh, writing with that in the uh, yellow mile marker field notes. Ooh, I just finished that one. Yeah, this is the second mile marker I've gone through, so I love it. Awesome. How about you, Johnny? Um, So I just read a book by our good friend Mark Karlansky, who wrote the book about paper, um, what, two years ago? Mm -hmm. So his newest book was called Milk. Yes. Um, With the subtitle, um, A 10,000-Year Food Fracas, I think. Yeah. Hmm. So the book is about, like, milk. And like milk history, milk products, and um, like I, really, I learned a lot about yogurt. So now I'm on a big yogurt kick, which is cool because it's do you, you know good, do you, good for you. Do you eat milk? Mm-hmm. You're yeah. Although um, I guess so you're, I not a, you're not you're not a vegan, right? You're a vegetarian. I got yeah, a for a for a episode title though. Do you what? eat milk? <laughs> <laughs> I do, in fact, eat milk with a spoon <laughs> every day. <laughs> so um, you know, it's his usual like really good readability but um Mm -hmm. there were some things that like he left out and i don't remember what they were but i was surprised by um oh so they um they talked about like yogurt at length like greek yogurt icelandic yogurt but um coffee culture was like a paragraph it's like uh Mm. i wanted to read about lattes i want to see him write something about coffee like mark herlansky's take on the history of coffee like Common Grounds is a really, really, or Uncommon Grounds, is that what it's called? It's a book about the history of coffee. It's really good, but I think Kurlinski could really dig into it. Oh, man, that would yeah. be good. I'd like to have coffee with him one day. He, probably, he probably thinks that, awesome. like, writing about coffee is, like, too mainstream. Like, he's like, no, no, I'm going to write about, like... Salt. Yeah, <laughs> cod. <laughs> it's, like, super basic. He would just write about sugar. Yeah. Actually, that'd be a cool book. That would be a great book, too. Yeah. So um, I followed that up with Birdsong by Sebastian Fox, mm. which is um, a very sad book set during World War One. But um, when did he write it? He wrote it in the 90s because he felt like um, people in the UK didn't have a lot of awareness of what happened in World War One and what people went through, yeah. that people just focused on World War Two. So like there were parts where he was kind of heavy handed, like, yeah, this is how bad their lives sucked. <laughs> but um, it was really good. He's a good warfare. writer. 
and um, was it HBO? Somebody made a mini series of it. There was like two episodes with Eddie Redmayne that was really good. Um, and then I read a book called The Worry Trick, which is about anxiety, and that speaks for itself. It's pretty good. Um, and I finished Endeavor. I have watched the season that hasn't aired yet because I'm awesome. And um, have you guys watched that? It's about like a young Inspector Morse. Uh-uh. It's like the best show on Masterpiece, possibly. That's hmm. currently still on. Or at least it's definitely the best Masterpiece mystery show right now. It's like a prequel to Inspector Morse? Yeah, so like, you know, they have the same song and format, but, you know, the um, production quality is a lot more interesting. And on um, on Morse, like, he's the only interesting character. On Endeavor, there are a lot of interesting characters. Hmm. So it's really, and you know, it's the 60s, which is cool. Yeah. They started playing Led Zeppelin in the latest season. Like, dig, that's cool. <laughs> and then um, that made me want to get a subscription to BritBox to watch Inspector Morse, which led to the next thing on my list, the last thing on my list, which is called Tutankhamen, about um, the discovery of the tomb with uh, Sam Neill and Max Irons, among other folks, hmm. which was really good. It was one of those, like, four parts of 45 minutes binge. Yeah. Yeah, it, but it was... It wasn't, you know, just intrigue and curses. It was really interesting. It's kind of, it was very English patienty, yeah, in a good way. Not a lot of uh, stationary porn, though. That's disappointing. Yeah. But um, I changed what I was writing with since we made the doc. I'm using the erasable pencil community Blackwing, which we never talk about, and you never see pop up in the group. Because I, th- I think everyone's just got them hoarded away. Yeah. Um, and I'm using a pocket moleskin because, for reasons that we'll talk about later. Hmm. So before we talk about that stuff, again, we can jump into Fresh Points. Fresh Points. Because we've got some cool stuff. We haven't been on here in a while. Yeah. Oh, man. I guess, I guess I'm starting. Um, so I was in Minneapolis and for this conference. And... Uh, Michael Metz and I went to um, this little store. We got a recommendation from a few Minneapolis place listeners slash community members. And they talked about this place called Russell and Hazel. Um, and it was kind of your like basic hipster um, boutique, but they had some really interesting things in it. Um, they had a whole line of cool um, a whole, like accessory holders and portfolios and things made out of vegan leather. Um, so it was like this really supple i don't even know what it's made out of like maybe cardboard but it felt and looked like leather it was oh like, was it that stuff they call like tree leather yeah i think that was it That's the, it's surprisingly durable yeah yeah they do i'm trying to see if their website says what it is but it doesn't um they also had i picked up this really interesting uh, set of pencils um made by a the brand is called katie lehman um l-e-a-m-o-n and uh they're just these really gorgeous, like, pencils in assorted colors. They remind me of something Hester and Cook would make, but they have, like, assorted printing on them, and they're, they, they're um, just says real big, made in England on them. And that's really interesting to me because I didn't realize that, like, there are still British-made pencils of this variety because it really feels like a Musgrave pencil or looks like a Musgrave pencil, just, like, fancy. And... They're also kind of like crappy quality a little bit. Like some of the cores were off center. <laughs> it was really scratchy. Um, but yeah, I have you have you encountered these pencils at all? I've seen pictures on the internet. Oh, they I look have, really pretty. Yeah, here's a um, 
put a link in um, in show notes so you can check them out. But yeah, they're they are really pretty, and there's like so many different varieties that you can get. I just picked up like a random variety, but they're gorgeous. I just wish they <laughs> I just wish they were better quality. <laughs> yeah, but it was that was a that was a really cool store. They had a lot of interesting things. They had a lot of interesting pens, but we don't talk about that here. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that was really fun. I also, I mean, speaking of things we don't talk about, I shouldn't, like Johnny will probably get mad. Um, <laughs> but I bought, I bought a new, <laughs> I bought a new iPad Pro um, because I wanted something that was a little bit smaller than my computer. Yeah. Hey, read, read, the, read the show notes right now. <laughs> I don't, uh, I don't, let me actually reload this page. Sorry. I don't see it either. Awkward pause. <laughs> Say, Andy, go back. Oh, to the I pen. see. Go back yep. to the pen. Talk Apple about the pen. Trader. The pen. <laughs> I'm not an Apple trader. I've been using Apple since <laughs> since I was in soft pants. Or so short, the trader refers pants. to the pencil. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, anywho, um, <laughs> I've been using this, I've been using this uh, this iPad uh, Pro, which is a new one, um, and it comes with. It's called the Apple Pencil Two. Um, it's very nice. Um, it. The old Apple Pencil, if ever you've demoed this thing, had a little bit of a lag, just like many digital like styluses, styli. Um, just a little bit of a lag, and this one has no visible lag. Like it looks and like just simulates just drawing on paper. It doesn't feel like you're drawing on paper. It feels like you're drawing on a glass screen with a plastic tip. But um, <laughs> you're not selling this one. Yeah, not selling. <laughs> Is the is the Apple Pencil two that makes the difference, or is the iPad Pro? Um, that's a good question. I'm not sure. the The Pencil itself, I don't. I, I mean, it's a much different hardware than the the Apple Pencil one, but I think it's a, just the processor within the the iPad itself that's okay. reducing. Yeah, the I light. have a, I got a new iPad. It's not the Pro, but it's like the newest of just the normal one. And yeah. So I was wondering if it would work just as well with that if I got one. Yeah, they're all there's a big speed bump among all of them, but um, yeah, this is this is really great. I, I really I was skeptical about getting a new iPad, but then my um, my creative partner Michael, when we were in Singapore doing our workshop, he ran the entire like 250 slide slide deck um, for the workshop off of his iPad, and I was so impressed. So I um, picked up one of these, and it's very nice. It's like, I mean, it's an Apple product. It's a little expensive, but it like it's a really good piece of hardware. Um, just like a little like it's like a like your Chromebooks. I think it's just small and. Small and portable, and does like most of the things that a regular laptop does. Yeah. So, sorry, Johnny. You can you can start listening again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm teasing. <laughs> Let, I mean, I, yeah. Moleskin has that one that I like secretly want. I need to try that out. the The one where you digitize the. Uh, look at that cool pen. Yeah. Yeah. The sexy looking thing. I need to play with that. That was apparently some. There was some partnership between them and like I want to say like. Adobe Creative Cloud or some some Adobe app, um, like it dumps into some yeah I don't know I don't know anything about it but yeah I should play around with it. Um, last thing I'll mention, yes, so we recording this on Monday. Yesterday on Sunday I went to uh, the Mule Gallery, which you know turning this back around is is the agency that's owned by Mike Montero who wrote that book Ruined by Design that I was talking about. Um, he owns a gallery in San Francisco, um, like in front of his like the big front room of his agency. Um, and he's friends with Aaron Draplin. So every once in a while, Draplin comes to San Francisco and sets up a pop-up shop um, there. So, of course, I, I walk in and immediately I, I hear Andy Welfley. And he, like, gets up and comes and gives me a big hug. And 
He's so he's hmm. so great. He just like he's so nice and genuine and just a really nice guy. Um, I bought this really beautiful thick lines That's poster awesome. of San Francisco from him. Um, he always whenever he goes and does a pop up shop, I think he tries to do a to do like a new poster offering. So um, I'll post a picture in the group, but it's a really lovely like big thick thick lines poster with the Golden Gate Bridge on it. Um, trying to think if there's anything new. He, he sells some jumbo pencils now, which I think are, they're like mini jumbos, um, which I'm guessing are prob- mm-hmm. probably Musgrave ones. I don't know that for a fact, but, um, yeah, they're, they're really nice looking. And, uh, yeah, he just has a million lapel pins. You can get a field notes enamel lapel pin, which is cool. Uh, um, that's awesome. Yeah. So he's a, he was great. Anytime I go hang out with Aaron Draplin, I have to talk about it here. So there's a few other people um, in the group. Yeah. Definitely tracking him down later this month. Yeah, yeah, he's coming to Knoxville. Um, are you familiar with the with James Spears? Uh, no. He, no it's no. funny because James Spears, he's like co-presenting a workshop or a talk or something with him. He's also a graphic designer, and so James Spears looks so much like Draplin, except he's African American. So they mm-hmm. just like are they look so much like each other. It's incredible. And <laughs> Draplin always introduces him as his like older brother, apparently. But uh, <laughs> those of you in the Field Nuts group, um, if you uh, James posts posts a lot in there because he's he's a big notebook fanatic too. So check check him out. They they had a he had a whole bunch of old um, editions for sale, like those um, Field Notes and Coal partnerships, where um, it's just like with the American flag. He had a bunch of those for sale. He had some. Oh, um, nice. He had a pack of traveling That's salesmen. Cool. He had a pack of. Um, um, the point O's, um, those like pink and yellow ones. Yeah, he he has he has a good selection. He has some more of those. Um, oh, I don't know what they're called. The everything else enhancement kit packs, where it has that black cover. And oh, the, the eeks. Yeah, the bright orange paper. Um, so if you want any interesting vintage uh, field notes editions, he has them for sale at his pop ups. So, does he charge like market prices? He charges like kind of the going rate for them, but I think they're it's a little bit less. Like he had the pack of cool. the coals for like I want to say forty dollars, and I bet that they're like sixty dollars. Oh in yeah, the, that in the group, low. so they're mm-hmm. they're more than like what you would pay retail. But um, so if anybody's going to Knoxville, when is that, Tim? That's next month, late next month, twenty fourth. Yeah, if anybody's yeah, May twenty fourth, I think. If anybody's in Knoxville for that, go a say hi to Tim Wassum. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe you can set up a pop-up shot too <laughs> yeah it'll be a big time rivalry yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah and uh go go say hi to tim Wassum and go say hi to aaron draplin so if that happens would aaron draplin be the first person that's met all three of us probably yeah i can think question. anyone else that has. have you wait oh brad tim, has, yeah tim have right? you met brad yeah uh, yeah. yes i met brad okay so Br- brad has met all three of us and johnny Johnny, of course, Johnny Gamber has met himself, but <laughs> Brad Dowdy and Johnny Every Gamber day. are the only people who have met us. <laughs> met all three of us. Yeah, is that true? Yeah, that's Anna surprising. Reinert. Was she? Did you have you both met Anna? No, she wasn't no, there. when we were there. Okay, when yeah. we were in DC. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Cool. No. I can't think of anybody else. I mean, I guess like when when you met them, were like Van Ness pens. Like, were those people? Oh yeah, there? I met like Lisa Van Ness and yeah, like we've met them. So yeah. that was, but yeah. So yeah. there's there's probably a few more overlaps of people that we bumped into and stuff. But we should give Brad That's a prize. <laughs> <laughs> like a sh- 
ton of pencils. Yeah. <laughs> he's already teetered on the edge, right? Yeah. I mean, he's he's already half a pencil podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, those are all my fresh points. <laughs> um, Tim, how about you? I don't think we've talked since the last uh, Field Notes edition came out, the Mile Marker. Yeah. So yeah. we... I know we, in our private text, we were comparing, you know, pictures and stuff when they were coming in and, and staying up to date on that because we were all pretty pumped up about it. And so I definitely want to hear what you all have to say about the mile marker. This is, I was, I was thrilled to, this is the first time I've subscribed to Field Notes um, ever, actually. Hmm. And so that was my first one that I've gotten. I've always just bought them kind of a la carte as I've gone. Actually, no, that's not true. I've subscribed once before, but it's, it was back when like uh, Shenandoah. Oh, yeah. Uh, it was like in that period. Yeah. yeah, somewhere somewhere in there I did one round, like one year of of subscription. So, but um yeah, what do you guys think of that edition? Mm. I like it a lot. Aww. No. See, this one is inter- it's been really polarizing. <laughs> like I've I've heard a lot of different really? opinions and it I mean, we're all, you know, subjective about it, but I, <laughs> I really like how they use that sort of like holographic um accent marks to like accent features to make it look that like was cool a sign yeah yeah i i think it's a fun really fun like kind of tribute to something that is so very much on brand for field notes mm-hmm. yeah so i and i also love that map um yeah that fold-up map that it came with so i'm i'm a big fan of it i it sounds johnny it sounds like maybe you're not so i feel like it was so close yeah like so, the, so far um, away the red white and blue and if no one told me what it was i would have no idea what the hell it was supposed to look like and um, the green one is pretty obvious. I feel like if it was called mile marker, they should have one of them should have looked like a mile marker. <laughs> uh-huh. Like it would it would have been easy to just picky three, picky. picky. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, done three green notebooks that were a mile marker it would have saved money. And like, so I really hate when people use OCD as an adjective, but like you know, I got I can say this. I have a diagnosis. Like the fact that. They round it half the corners and half not, but that's not what the real science looks like. Drives me fucking crazy. (laughs) Man, Johnny, you are spicy today. (laughs) Like, the deer one is so awesome, but that's not what that sign looks like. But it's so close, but still so off that every time I look at it, I'm like, I will throw this out there that, I mean, the green one, that does look like a mile marker. I mean, that's what a mile marker sign looks like. Well, that's like, that's an exit sign. Well, the fact that they so that's what they ran into a problem because like the green like a mile at least what I think of a mile marker sign I think it's it's green with a white border it says mile at the top and has a number it yeah. probably was just like weird for them to put a like a random number on there mm. but they well, could they have put, put like, the addition number or something yeah. or even just like twenty nineteen <laughs> which is also Jackie Robinson's number so that would have been cool but um <laughs> but I don't know yeah I, I mean I like them I used a whole set of them already like these actually got really busted up in a pleasant way in your pocket like mm. the ink comes off pretty easily um but like design wise i'm just like picking up the corner of my mouth like <clears throat> every time i look at them but i mean <laughs> i like them very much and i appreciate them but there's still something about them that just bugs the hell out of me yeah i my i i like the addition a lot overall i think the the foil the reflective foil stamping thing is really cool. And I, I really enjoyed the, the one of the three that was my, that is my least favorite is this yellow one mm. because I just uh. have a tendency to like dislike 
brightly colored things like uh, oranges and yellows and kind of like so I feel like red, white, and blue doesn't count, but I tend to like gravitate towards the yeah more more like neutral deep. like earth tone kind of stuff. Like that green one is just right on the money for me. I love yeah, it. The the yellow was my favorite, and the pack I opened like the cover was ripped like half an inch, hmm. but it was in the pack so you couldn't see it. It was like ah. The one I like is messed up. I'm, you know, I busted it all up by the time I finished it, so it wasn't a huge deal. But <laughs> just had um, a head start on you. <laughs> like, you know, those signs have four rounded corners. I feel like they could have rounded all the corners or none of the corners. Like it's <laughs> <laughs> like I feel like I should like take these to therapy and be like, these are bugging the shit out of me. Like, let's talk about this. <laughs> let's I, talk about this. And he's I, like, let's not. I yeah, do have uh, Johnny. If you. It's uh, round corner rounders are very cheap. If you just want to buy them and like corner round your own for you, yourself, you know what? I still have one set that's not used. I might send them to you and ask you to <laughs> round them. Happy to do that because <laughs> it's doable. There, there are notebooks that have four rounded corners. Yeah, totally. it doesn't interfere with the binding too much. Yeah, I, I think they staple I mean, far enough in where they wouldn't encounter that. Yeah, I mean, I appreciate that they stick to their form fit, their form factor, and these were totally usable notebooks, which I appreciate it. Yeah. And um, I love dot grid, so that was a plus. And they changed the paper up too, on this one. Hmm. It was a different brand. It was a little toothier. Yeah, it was good paper, and I I like the staples too. They do the black and the white staples. <gasps> oh that's yeah, it's true. That was a good. That was a nice touch. That's, that was a cool little touch. So I, I love love those white staples. Yeah. Uh, and the the black is kind of a good. I, yeah, it's just a good design choice, I think, with going with the black staples on the on the yellow one. But, oh, you know what? If you look at the um. The belly band, it says FNC42. Uh-huh. That would have been perfect to just put on the notebook. Yeah. yeah you know they probably had like five meetings about this. Like, we should just do that. <laughs> it makes sense. No, like we want to do the deer, which is cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, I my my main beef is that I really wish that the, the subscriber uh, freebie would have <laughs> been the reflective field notes vest. <laughs> Oh, oh that my would, god, that would be, be awesome. awesome. That would be really fun. Video, that would be incredible. I like the map. We a could lot. find each other. Yeah. I love I love the map too, but when I saw the video and it's got the guy with the like reflective roadwork vest that says field notes on the back, I'm like, oh yeah. gosh. Yeah, I can't imagine the work that went into that map. Yeah. I'd be wearing it right now. I know folks were pissed that um you know, they seemed to hint that there was going to be an exclusive for subscribers and it wasn't an exclusive, yeah. but you know, that map wasn't free. Yeah, like eight bucks plus shipping. I'm happy to save that much money. Yeah, I totally would have bought one. Yeah, yeah. I probably would have bought two, so this saved me money twice. <laughs> there you go. Nice. So, yeah. So I just thought I think I think it was a really good addition. I'm excited for the next next three, and so I'm coming off of like a week with the I I worked through two of the Obama. Obama.org field notes, and then now I'm on my second of the mile marker, and I've really been enjoying yeah. my field notes. Nice. Uh, next, I was going to bring up the uh, Baron Fig Fortress, which did both of you guys get a Baron Fig Fortress? I did. Uh, I yeah. did. Yep. Yeah, so, so this is, if you don't know what this is, Baron Fig has the Squire, which is uh, their kind of twist pen that has that sort of a reverse, what do you call that? Like conical shape? Yeah, uh, like a torpedo it. shape or something. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and then so the new, so they also have a click, which is a ballpoint, which uses the Schmidt ballpoint refill, which is I want my as far as pens go, that's my favorite like insertable refill for pens. And so they had come out with the Squire Click a while ago. Yeah, so like this, last year, I think. Yeah, it's been out for a while, and that was a cool little pen. I really like it. Uh, but now the 
Baron Fig Fortress came out, which is their first um, limited edition uh, click pen. Mm-hmm. So the it's purple. It's very purple. It's and extremely it is, purple. <laughs> yeah, and so it's 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 modeled on like a like a fortress or like a castle, you know, like a large uh, structure. And one thing that's really cool detail about this is it's the first Baron Fig pen that has the the uh, the design that they've given it going all the way around, yeah. like wrapping 360 I, degrees around the pen, which is a really cool design. I bet that's really hard to do. Like I didn't really yeah. see any good any seams right on mine. Yeah. No, same here. And yeah. it's really, it's yeah, really well done. Like all the other ones, when they do a design, they'll do it like right down one edge of it, like along where it says Baron Fig, and there'll be like mm-hmm. some words going down the side or whatever. And so this time they stepped it up a notch in a really cool way. I mean, the purple is very purple, yeah. but um. I, I uh, like it, it, I like the oh, sorry go ahead. Go ahead. I was gonna say I really really like the um, the click it's a very satisfying click it's like yes. you can feel it and it's like real quiet mm-hmm. um, this is the first uh, Squire click that I've used too but um, I I guess the thing that I don't like about it is that like it's a different color than the like little twist knob on a regular Squire mm-hmm. um, but at the same time like that barely matters like it. It's a really nice pen. Yeah. Well, this it passed the the uh, spouse test on my end, where <laughs> she, she puts up with me like you know with all these pens and pencils and all this and the podcast and everything, and she does. I mean, she appreciates a good pen, good pencil, but she doesn't really care. But uh, she, I she asked for a pen to do something, and I handed her that and gave it to her, and she clicked it and wrote with it, and like She's maybe like, Ooh. the yeah maybe the second time ever she was like. That's a really nice pen. <laughs> I like. That, I like well, that, you might just get to use it. Sometimes. That should be a t- testimonial on their website. It's a yeah, it's a very nice pen, Jane Wassum. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So uh, I will definitely put that in her hands. She <laughs> deserves to use the the uh, Baron Fig Fortress. So yeah. it's a really cool pen. And yeah, it was surprisingly uh, small. I'd never held one before. Yeah, it's it reminds I mean, it's me in a good way. Yeah, yeah. I think I said it. When the last one came out, when we talked about them briefly, but like it reminds me of like a cross ballpoint pen, mm-hmm. like those really yeah, thin good call. Line, like cross pens that like our all of our grandpas had in their their yep. shirt oh, uh, yeah. shirt pockets. Yep. So really well done, and so a, a really big thanks to Baron Fig for uh, providing those because they they sent sent a, a review copy and it let us play around with those and, and use them, and we really I, I, I speak French also I really enjoyed it. They also uh, I was able to get my hands on the sheath to put it in. Oh yeah, the, uh, the leather sheath that they make, and that is a perfect companion. Because we've, I mean, we've talked about the Baron Fig pen before. That it's just like kind of annoying that they don't have the clip, but it's like a design choice, and they're going to stick with it. And I appreciate that. But pairing it with that sheath and just shoving it in my pocket is perfect. I yeah. love it. Oh, so I have have that, and I've been carrying it almost every day. So yeah. just I got the gray one. Uh, whatever the color is called, slate or gray or whatever. Ooh, yeah. I'd like to see a picture of that if you That's get a chance. The sheath? Yeah. Yeah, the, yeah, the, the, the gray with the purple. Yeah. Yeah, looks it's good. really, really pretty, and it works really well. Your Rosie wants mine because her favorite color is purple. Like, She's yeah. yeah, I'm not giving you a metal pencil. <laughs> yeah. So, or metal pen. So yeah. if anybody wants to know why we're talking about pens so much, it's because they uh, sent it to us for free. So we are sellouts, just so you know. <laughs> <laughs> and we love some barren figs. So. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, go check that out if you haven't. I mean, the the regular click, if the purple's too purple for you, the regular click is really 
really great too. Yeah. It just comes in like a, a flat gray color. I think it comes in a silver too. Can't remember. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah. And my last fresh point, and this is a big one, and I'm not gonna I'm gonna try not to talk for like 45 minutes about this. But uh, <laughs> go ahead. You're, you're you gonna des- be listening. You deserve to this. it. If you're, if you're listening to this on the release day, uh, this is gonna be Wednesday, May 1st. And uh, my students at my school, we've I'm, I'm teaching 11th grade now, and we're I'm co-teaching with a U.S. history class, so it's 11th grade English with U.S. history, mm-hmm. and we're doing project-based learning. And so for this semester, what I tried to do uh, w- with my teaching partner was to use podcasting as our our venue for how they're going to do their big project. And so we gave them these local history stories that they were going to uh, – research they were going to interview as many people as they possibly could and then they were going to record interviews and they were going to edit their own podcasts and then they were going to enter them in the npr student podcast challenge the first ever one that's happening this year and uh so we asked challenge there were uh about six thousand entries total which comes out to like ten to fifteen thousand kids who were involved in this project and uh we had yes yeah, so we had 10 10 groups that that entered in it and two th- Last Thursday, but the Thursday before, I got an email from NPR, and the first ever winner of the NPR Student Podcast Challenge uh, was a group from Elizabethan High School, where I teach. <laughs> they they were uh, two out of about 6,000 podcasts that were entered in this competition, uh, one high school and one middle school one. That's and amazing. Yeah. It is That's such unbelievable. A, such a cool thing. Yeah. They yeah. did a amazing job these kids had the group that won did their story about murderous mary who was the name of a a famous elephant (laughs) here in elizabethan who a hundred years ago at a circus uh used its trunk to pull its owner off its back throw him on the ground and stomp him to death oh my lord in front of a bunch of people the local yep uh (laughs) and so the town then uh hired a local uh, another local town called Irwin to hang the elephant because they didn't have a gun big enough to shoot it Uh uh-huh and so they used a, so they used a crane, and the chain broke the first time. It was this is like a crazy story. I know? have I've heard this story before, um, in yeah, like a Ripley's like, Believe It or Not or something like that. But. It's like twenty five minutes from my house, and so they did the story about that. But the cool thing about their story is that it started with that, but then they ended up telling the story about how the town of Irwin has grown from that and is now using that story to raise like money for uh, animal uh, elephant sanctuaries here in Tennessee. There's there's one in in Nashville. And they're just doing some really cool things with it. And so they, I think they worked from about four hours of interview material that they recorded yeah. and edited it down to about 11 and a half minutes. Wow. So, um, that when we got to the end of it, I was like, guys, I've told you that I have a podcast, but yours is so much more complicated <laughs> than mine. <laughs> they're clearly better at editing than I am. I don't edit anything down. <laughs> it's unbelievable. So, I mean, I, I gave them like uh, simple instructions, you know, but let them figure it out and just yeah. like, assisted along the way but they they planned it they recorded they edited they it was it was unbelievable That's so amazing. we won and so next week uh npr is sending two producers or a reporter and a producer to come interview people at our school and it's gonna their podcast and the interview segment is going to be featured on all things considered sometime in like may or june wow so that's so that's so cool stay tuned for that it is super proud it's like my proudest teaching moment yeah. in the seven years i've been teaching so Thank you, NPR. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I get I get to say stuff like, "Oh, I was just on the phone with NPR." No, no, so. Yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah. So that's that's me. That's very cool. Uh, that is that is my my end. So how about you, Johnny? 
Well, um, I'll open up with Baron Fig. Did you guys get a copy of the um, Grow, their sort of yes. daily practice journal? I did not get it, but it looked really great. Yeah, so it's a, um, it's basically a journal that's designed to get you into the habit of journal writing, which is a cool idea because there, you know, there are a lot of those weird, um, like just different enough from bullet journaling, but it's still just bullet journaling journals floating around Instagram. You know, they want to send out to bloggers all the time, like, hey, look, it's a book with an elastic. But, you know, Fig does a really good job with almost all the stuff they do. The mm. designs are really good. It's like a nice gray with um, gold trim. Um, they were really thoughtful about what sort of prompts they put into there. And, you know, it's Fig book, so the construction is what, nice and the paper is good. What yeah. I want to know is – oh, sorry, go on, Tim. No, you go. I want to know why I can't get this style of notebook in their blank versions, like with the elastic band and all the cool colors. Like, I, I, I just don't have like a lot of personal uh, interest or use in like those structured content notebooks, which I totally understand like that they're a thing and why they're a thing. But just for me personally, it's not a thing. No, no. But but I love the look of them. Like like the they do the elastic band and they do all those great colors. Yeah, what's I got a feeling like the elastic bands going to come later once they work through their stock. I feel like that's going to become yeah, become a normal thing once oh. they work through all the stuff they've had. Yeah, that's you know. good. yeah, that's they point. they tend to uh, you know change Mater. stuff according to what people want. Yeah, mm-hmm. I love it. I'm I'm like I've done I think 15 entries or something in that. So uh, I've really I've I've really enjoyed because it it's I it's just the right amount of structure that doesn't feel suffocating for me. Yeah. Mm. So for those of you who don't know what we're talking about, it has just basically a big block for writing in the middle, like just a, just lines, you know, nothing there's, it's not telling you to do any certain things or list anything. It's just, you've got these lines and then you choose from a list of six different types of entries that it is. And so one's like recording what's happening. One's musings, one's about accomplishments, one's about goals or I don't know, whatever. And so you, you pull it up, you, you open up to the page, you put the date, the day, the location, the time, the weather, your mood. It gives you a place to record all that. And then you circle what kind of an entry it is, and then you write it, and then you can kind of write keywords at the top. So it gives you a lot of freedom to do whatever you want. And I feel like it does feel like a good kind of a good amount of space to, to do a meaningful yeah. entry, but not like get long winded. So, yeah, and two of them would last you a year. Like I go through way more journals than that in a year. So if this was a good format for you, it wouldn't take up a lot of space on your shelf. Yeah. It's really cool. Looks good too. The, yeah. the imprint on the front, everything. Yeah. Yeah. If they, if they did one that was like, you know, twice as thick that had 366 days in it in case it was a leap year, that would be the only way I can think to make it a little better. I totally but agree. I can understand, you know, that would be a big, big cash layout for people. They might not want to, have we throw down on such a big book? Have we talked about that other new one too? Have we talked about that other new one, the Gather? Yeah, the review of the Gathering of Reviews. Yeah, that book is gorgeous. Yeah, I love that green. Um, yeah, it's it looks like it's the same sort of thing. It's only it's specifically for capturing reviews of movies, music, books, television, video games, sports, board games, art, performance, editorial, podcast, food, place, product. Yeah, <laughs> just just reading through mm-hmm. there. Yeah, yeah, that would be useful you can write for with it in folks the like us. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they're just just SEO, but for notebooks. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Yeah, it would be cool if they started putting out um, confidence in these colors. Like, here's the new edition. Wait a month, and you can get a blank one. Like we have like a thousand of them 
yeah. get one and that's it. Yeah. But I mean, I guess if they're making these, they must be uh, very successful. Yeah. And I have this one and the Dream Journal. They're both like so gorgeous. They make you want to use them. Yeah. Cool. So yeah. Um, the other flip on the big stationary scene last week was that um, Blackwing had a subscriber day, which was on Charles Bailsheimer's birthday, <laughs> which I thought was kind of cool. Also, mm-hmm. my college roommate and Marcus Aurelius. Yeah, <laughs> Roman emperor and uh, philosopher. But um, so help me remember this right. Last time they did it, it was basically if you were a subscriber, you got like a fifteen percent off discount on the website that day. We're like, go oh, okay, like that's not a big deal. But um, this time, you got twenty percent off of um, apparel and accessories, and you got a free exclusive pin that looks like they're pencil pins, but it was just bronze. So, like, I wondered if they were, you know, looking around for a pin for the uh, natural because they don't have one yet. Yeah. So it's a, it's a uh, permanent thing. But, um, yeah, I mean, like, from what I understand, like, I did, I ordered mine in the morning and there was no pin on the website, but apparently the pin was listed later. So you could buy it, if you remember, without taking advantage of the um, apparel stuff if you didn't want to buy, like, a T-shirt or something. But, but um, anyway, it wasn't on. I was on the phone with Nick Sese from Blackwing, who was, I can't imagine what his day was like. Uh-huh. Like, like, I feel like I should come out to California and, like, buy you a beer or a coffee or something. But, um, yeah, it's it's so pretty. And the card mentions it being an exclusive, which I thought was really cool. Yeah. But yeah, that, that, I feel very special. But I kind of feel like a jerk that I'd get you guys one, but... I swear it's, I didn't. I didn't know I could. Well, I thought I thought I was going to get one too, but it, I kind of forgot it was just one day, and I happened to be like on a plane going to Minneapolis that day, so I <laughs> you, missed out. Important things. No, is it? Is it though? Is it? Yeah. Well, oh, your flight was probably more important. Oh, I guess maybe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, speaking of uh, fat books and moleskins. Um, this year there are two, you know, Moleskine always has new colors and special editions. And I know I don't really pay attention to those, but they have, um, two new sizes this year, which is cool. They have what's called the expanded edition, which is their large notebook, but it's 400 pages long. So it's like the dimensions of a large daily planner, which is like, like such a nice thing to hold in your hand. That's, um, like how thick is it at 400 pages? It's pretty freaking thick because you got like um, the you know like, like the novel. seven seas writers like those tomoe river paper ones those are 400 pages but they're like that paper is so thin it's almost still the size of a like a regular no but like a book so yeah the page count would be like a little more than twice as thick as the page count of a pocket moleskin okay so they're they're pretty big they're heavy they retail for 30 yeah so how do you how do i find this oh they're on um See, they the don't have it it's called the expanded. You just go into classic collection. They don't have like a separate page for them. Expanded. If you just go to classic, that's a size you can pick. So they have, um, they use dot grid for everything now, you know, bullet journaling. So, um, I had, what I, I don't remember why I had store credit on Moleskine's website, but I picked one up for pretty cheap. <laughs> and then, um, last week was, <laughs> I don't last know why week... I find that funny that you had store credit on a, on a Moleskine website. Uh-huh. Like, of course you would. Yeah, of course. Because <laughs> yeah. of course. 
I love it. <laughs> yeah, I, have, I found a note that was expiring. I'm like, I don't know why I have this, but shit. <laughs> okay. So um, for Charlotte's ninth birthday two weeks ago, we took her to Washington, and she wanted to go to the National Gallery. She wanted to go to Jenny Bick, which is a, basically a journal store. And then she wanted to hit some bookstores and you're, cafes. I'm like Your daughter is so great. <laughs> like so she, she didn't want to go to the American Girl doll store. She didn't want to go to Disney World. She wanted to go to like the National Gallery and to to like a bookstore. Yeah, she likes the food there and that, that you know that star tunnel that connects it with um the East Wing. Yeah. Which is really cool. But um Jenny Bick has like, you know, every moleskin you can buy. So the other new size for moleskin is medium, which is perfect. Huh. So, um, did you guys ever see? I think what was it called the two go? They were like blank, um, blank on one side and lined on the other, and they were covered in fabric. And then also there was the brown uh, Voyager travel notebook. Now it also comes in blue. Mm. So everybody liked that size, so now you can just buy that size in blue, red, black, and like all of the page insides. Nice. So, what? So I picked up a medium one, which is cool. It has a page count of a pocket notebook. Mm. The last Baron so, Fig, um, oh excuse me, Baron Fig moleskin that I got was back when I was using paper planners, the um, Diary Plus Planner, which had a week on one side and a line page on the other side. Oh, those were nice. Yeah, those were great. Yeah, this is like something around the size of a dime novel. Okay. From Field Notes. Yeah. I don't. I don't have it in front of me to look at it. That is a good size. Yeah, and uh, my last fresh point, still on the moleskin kick. So apparently. Um, Two years ago, Moleskin released like a special edition of the song lines by Bruce Chatwin. Hmm. Because um, if you read in, was it The Revenge of Analog, where he talks to the lady who founded Moleskin, or like basically invented it, that um, she came up with it when she read the song lines, because he talks about it in such detail. Hmm. So they released um, the song lines as a Moleskin in conjunction with, um, who was it? Uh, vintage classics hmm. so they didn't release it here so you have to buy it on like ebay but i found it on book depository via amazon so i figured you know if there's a problem it's amazon they'll you know get my back so it showed up and i didn't know why it was so big and so expensive it's the size of a large moleskin and it comes with a large moleskin so it's like this hunk of like book Whoa. with a wrapper on it i'm like are you kidding me because my <laughs> the first thing i ever knew i wanted as a tattoo I read in the song lines and then, um, you know, Wilskin's got me interested in Bruce Chatwin cause I'd never heard of him before yeah. that. So it's cool. I haven't, I actually haven't ripped the plastic off yet cause it's so damn pretty, but it's like a beautiful fat book and then a soft cover, large moleskin for your own notes. Like, hmm. Oh my God. But, um, I, I don't know if I want to put the show note link or the link in the show notes cause I might buy the rest of them <laughs> and have them. <laughs> But um, how much? Yeah. How much was it? Can I ask? Can I ask that? I th- I don't remember what it retailed for, but you can get them on eBay for like twenty five bucks with free shipping. I think I paid a couple bucks more than that, but probably less than thirty. I mean, like twenty eight, twenty nine bucks. Cool. So mm-hmm. you figure if you're just buying a new copy of the book, because mine is pretty messed up, that was already a sweet deal. It didn't take that long to come. So yeah, my um, I have a tattoo on my ankle that says Solvitor Ambulando, which is it is solved by walking. That comes from the section of that book in the back where he's you know listing things from his notebooks because he knows he's going to die <laughs> okay. that's <a> great <laughs> yeah mm. on, on, on that note 
Maybe we jump into our main topic, which is <laughs> Linguini al fresco. <laughs> Riding outside. Fettuccine al fresco. Yeah. yeah. So, um, I mean, I don't do a lot of writing in fountain pen, which is to say I don't use fountain pens or own fountain pens, but I imagine they're not ideal for outside writing. Um, but especially if you're going to take into account things like temperature and moisture, pencil is perfect. So um, we thought we'd go through our favorite places to write outside. Um, any sort of like special tools that we use when we write outside, uh, some tips. And then at the end, real quick, what we throw into a day pack with our survival gear to go camping for a weekend. <laughs> I'm, I, I like that idea. That was Tim's idea. Yeah. <laughs> I'm actually interested, Johnny, so, before we even talk about like what tools to write outside, like why, why be right outside? Like, why do you, oh, when, that's a good when, point. when you're outside, do you like, you know, like Tina Koyama uh, is always doing a lot of like urban sketching. So she's sitting around watching people at the park or doing something like that and sketching out. Is there like a writing version of that that we do? Good question. How about you? You want to go first? Yeah. I feel like I I read outside just for the same reason I do anything outside, which is just to not be inside. <laughs> to be outside, <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, but that that sounded like overly simplistic. But like, I think I, I think there's a there's a reason why you 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 read biographies of writers and stuff, and you find out a lot about them going for long walks, mm. and them sitting in parks in New York City or wherever they're living, you know, and and having these notebooks, you know, the Walt Whitmans who are carrying these notebooks and sitting down in parks and sitting outside and writing out there, because I think it's just it seems more natural to do that than to hole up in a in a coffee shop somewhere and. Uh, you know, it's almost more more anonymous or something. I I, I, love, I like that feeling of being able to of, of writing outside because that's the beauty of writing analog is that you can really write anywhere, no matter what. Yeah, yeah, that's a really good point. Um, yeah, how about how about you, Andy? Oh man, I think, I mean, I. I like to like sometimes if I'm, if I'm at home and like we'll talk about like places to write outside later, but I will get some coffee and, you know, sit on my balcony and, and even before I, you know, try to check my email and to get ready for the day and kind of plan on what I'm doing, I like to just do a little bit of just free journaling, just some morning pages, I guess, is the word that we've used before. So that's mm-hmm. a that's a good spot. It's um, I like I like morning morning outside a lot. Um I don't know. I also, um, this isn't exactly outside, but I have occasionally, if I've just been like, my brain has been muddled at work. Um, I'll just go get on public transportation and just like write that around and, and write something. It's, uh, I Ooh, think that's a good idea. Yeah. I think yeah. it's not, not too different from, cause you can kind of like look outside, you can see what's going on, but you can all, you're also kind of inside too. So I've done that a few times. Um, I live on, I, I work on the, um, East side of the city of San Francisco and, the west side of the city, which is about seven miles away, is uh, right on the ocean. So occasionally, I'll um, just take a take like a light rail all the way to, to Ocean Beach and just you know get off and then go sit on the sand dune and like think about my life. Um, yeah, <laughs> that sounds incredible. <laughs> which is is fun, but then you have a really long kind of like train ride on the way there, and um, it's that just also a, sounds incredible. Yeah, it's just a, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> come out to visit Tim. We can uh, ride out. Right on the train out there together. Um, it's just a good, um, 
kind of like meditative experience. There's a lot of people like a lot of, it's kind of like right in a coffee shop. It's a lot of stuff happening around you. Um, but then also not exactly related to you. Right. Like, yeah. Mm. But occasionally of course, being public transportation, there's sometimes like some weirdos who sit down beside you and like, can't, you can't concentrate. (laughs) Uh, yeah. What about you, Jenny? Um, I don't know. It's, it's sort of like a reset button. Like Mm. now I'm somewhere new. And also, um, I guess this, this relates more to cafes later, but, um, I've always lived in cities except for when I didn't. And when I didn't, I really hated it. So there's a certain amount of noise that is just like quiet for me. Yeah. And especially, you know, with three kids, (laughs) the noise (laughs) of the city, it's like nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Give me the noise. Also, um, yeah. You know, one or more of the children will usually follow me around, but if I go outside, they tend to not always follow me. <laughs> so that's 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 a strategy. You're, strategy. you're escaping. You're running away from your kids, is what you do. <laughs> tomato, tomato. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that that reminds me of a. I've thought about this recently. With, um, I think one of the th- and and uh, I've, I've thought about it for a different reason, but. On this subject, I think one of the reasons why we like to be outside while we write, I think whether we realize it or not, is I think our body enjoys not being in perfect comfort all the time. You know, Mm -hmm. like um, I think there's something to be said about being out and being on a sand dune somewhere or sitting in a park where it might not be like the exact temperature that you've set the thermostat to and everything might not be like exactly as it is, but you just feel like I'm in it. Like I'm actually like out in the world and I'm, mm. and I'm going to work on this thing and I'm just going to like, cause as I think like being out and reacting to the, the temperature and reacting to the, the surroundings and the noises that are going on can kind of be invigorating as far as how it changes the, the stuff that you're actually writing or the, yeah. the attitude you have while you write it. Because our whole world, I, I feel like in the next 10 years, we're going to have a, a national emergency health emergency called for cell phone usage. Cause all we all, we just think all the time about what would make me happy and what would entertain me in this moment right now, yeah. whether it's a podcast or music or Netflix or whatever. And, and so we don't notice stuff and we don't see what's going on when we're out, you know, outside writing because it's all got to pierce through our you know earbuds and our screens that are in front of our faces and so getting outside and writing like really just i think i think we have just like a really elemental pleasing feeling that comes from that just because you're not trying to control your environment all the time ladies and gentlemen listen to tim's other podcast called the membership about (laughs) wendell berry yeah yeah yeah, that's true no i I mean, I, I agree in that, like, you know, it it is super easy to use your phone outside to do that stuff. But if you're, like, outside trying to write, it does make it harder to, like, you know, use a laptop and connect it to the Internet and plug it in and even see the screen in the sunlight. So I think if you're trying to write outside, pencil and paper really does lend itself better toward toward that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You take weather into effect. Definitely yeah. so. Totally. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. I, d- I don't mind getting this uh, pocket notebook a little wet, but... Uh, yeah, not my not my laptop. Not your iPad Pro. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Awesome. So uh what are some of you guys' favorite uh spots or even situations for writing outside? Um so I talked about this a little earlier, but so I, I live I live near the top of a really big hill. Um one of the one of the bigger hills in San Francisco. 
um, and my balcony kind of looks out over the the like the can the valley of of the hill that I'm I'm on. So I get a really really good view, and if I look to the east, I can kind of see the bay and see a bunch of like ships in the bay. And it's usually too windy up there because it's it's a very windy city. Um, but when it's not, it's really great. It's really fantastic to sit out there and we have a little table and a couple chairs set up just to have enough room for that so i love just going out to my balcony especially in the morning and drinking coffee and and writing um so yeah and then also like when i can uh like coffee shop tables outside but it's kind of hard uh especially if it's in like a busy part of town like you don't really just want to sit right on like on the sidewalk in a couple neighborhoods Mm because you're just really close to everything and exhaust fumes. Yeah. Exhaust fumes and like homeless people and just people walking by in general. Like it gets like, you're just right there in it. So <laughs> yeah, I guess I <laughs> start to feel like you're sitting in the middle of a sidewalk. Yeah, like, oh, yeah. Yeah. And and sometimes like some of the sidewalks are so small, like you literally are like the, the tables and chairs like <laughs> extend right out to the sidewalk. There's like hardly any room. Um, Although some parts of the city is much different than that, but um, and then also I, I really love there's a lot of really good patios. Like a couple of good coffee shops have good have good semi covered patios out back. Love that. Yeah, yeah, Tim. I think yours is definitely more outdoorsy than Whoa. I am. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. So when I think of writing outside, the the one situation that I and I tried to keep it to times when I like to things that I actually do. You know, not like just trying to make it sound like oh you know this is when it would be cool to write outside but like things i actually do and one thing is that i have i make uh we have a like a little fire pit out back and in our backyard yeah got a backyard that's probably the size of like i don't know like a half a basketball court or something like that like a little fenced in area yeah it's pretty nice a nice size area and then right in the middle of this fire pit and one of the great joys of my life these days in the busyness of teaching and having kids and all the chaos is that like a couple times a month I'll uh, put some music on out back like uh, usually like set up a speaker and put my music on put my phone away and I'll make a fire and I'll sit next to the fire with like a field notes and just kind of jot down what's in my head and it's almost like a really slow casual uh, morning pages kind of style thing where it's just kind Mm -hmm. of like whatever's crossing my mind just I don't have the urgency of like morning pages, but it's just kind of like thinking about this. I'm going to write down. Oh yeah. I was thinking about that. I'm going to write that down. Like not any organization, just kind of like follow my thoughts and just, and really enjoy that. And every once in a while something clicks and I'll get a few sentences of something that I, that I like. And I I really enjoy those moments. Yeah. That sounds lovely. Uh, And then like attached to that is also just backpacking, which I haven't done a whole lot of in the last couple of years, just with how busy we've been with kids and getting out to do that. But backpacking, uh, I really love, pulling a notebook out of a back uh, out of a, a hiking pack when you finally gotten to the end of a day and have a little fire built up and just kind of leaning up against your pack and jotting down just seemingly mundane things that have happened throughout the day um, throughout the hike that seem just normal but is a really nice way to kind of balance your brain out and then you look back at it a few weeks later and you're like oh that was cool yeah. <laughs> that was way more interesting than I thought it was you know <laughs> yeah um so that's that's one and then the other is I I thought of the last time Henry and I camped in the backyard we we I set up a tent in the backyard and he was all pumped up and we had a fire and all that and uh set up a tent and once he fell asleep which I mean he's little he falls asleep early it's like 8 30 or something and he's asleep <laughs> 
out back and I just got into the tent with him at like 8.30, which was like actually super awesome because it was a relief to just be resting at that point and not like doing dishes and stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and I just had like literally had a flashlight in my teeth and pulled out a notebook, which was uh, some kind of moleskin-ish notebook and just started writing poetry, which is something I don't usually do, but that just felt really natural. And it was very like, you know, took me back to my high school days of reading Whitman and writing on the, on our road trip, my friends and I did after we graduated. And so, uh, writing with a flashlight, it kind of, it's like what I was saying earlier about how it's just fun to write in an inconvenient situation. Kind of like, I really want to write. I'm not in a comfortable situation, but that's okay. And so I'm going to make it happen. It kind of makes you feel like a real writer because yeah. <laughs> you're like, I don't, I'm not concerned yeah. about the exact right, exactly right, uh, circumstances to to do this and, and then you end up writing things that surprise you later on where you're like wow that was way better than i thought and look i was in a super uncomfortable situation with a toddler kicking me in the crotch and <laughs> uh you know mosquitoes biting me and <laughs> yeah so, yeah that's cool so, how about you johnny um so like andy i have a balcony with a nice view which is probably my favorite place to write outside which is fun but we don't have a yard like um, tim does we yeah um, but I don't have to cut grass. That's true. <laughs> I really, really hate cutting grass. I like smelling other people doing it. But like, I don't like to actually do it. So um, I law BS to have to cut grass. I'm like, come on. <laughs> this is ridiculous. <laughs> Why do I have to do this? Been... Sorry. <laughs> so we live in this building that's like 100 years old, and it's brick and heavy. And um, Roland Park has a water tower which is one of the few remaining ones in the country where it just looks like this bizarre medieval tower and inside there's a metal tank, but um, they don't use it. It was only hooked up to the system for a few years, but it's still there. And there's a family of uh, peregrine falcons that live in there. Oh, cool. And um, we live in a really high part of the city and really close to um, the river Valley. So it's really cool to sit out there and watch the falcons and stuff. As long as they're not like, you know, you don't see what they're, killing because like we don't have any other birds in the vicinity because the falcons eat them or scare them away but Mm. falcons are cool um (laughs) so yeah i like i like to sit out there and um as i mentioned busy cafe like my favorite coffee shop actually doesn't have super good coffee but they know us and they really love rosie and it's just the right amount of noisy where like you want to put your headphones on because you don't like the crappy music they're playing or the people talking, and it's like you can zone everything out. It's really cool. Um, and also, I live really close to Johns Hopkins University, so I like to sit on a bench in a college or university campus because there's such a cool energy there. Hmm. And, you know, they always put the benches in a good space. I just like to go back to my old my alma mater and sit by the pond, which is pretty but really is there because of a drainage problem with the parking lot. <laughs> uh, <laughs> how romantic they put it right before i went there they're like oh the pond's pretty I'm like yeah don't get in that pond um and, and so my other one is i keep something to write with in the stroller because i spend like you know at least two hours every day pushing a stroller and um it's a fun you know you think of a lot of stuff while you're walking so we pop the brake on and let rosie look at some flowers and write some stuff down leaning on the uh stroller handle which is kind of cool That'd be a cool memory one day when my children do not sit in a stroller. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, when you are in your special favorite writing places, what are some special writing tools that you find useful? Hmm. Um, I don't know if I have any special 
special specific tools, but I always like if I if I know I'm going to be out be going outside, I usually try to get like a harder pencil. Um, I've been liking some of my various Indian pencils for this, um, just because I feel like it like I just don't have the opportunity to like sharpen as much as if I'm at my desk or if I'm inside. Um, although I could just sharpen right under the ground, and that would be. Just like you I was know, gonna say, there it's like peeing great. in the in the woods. It's, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's like a pig in its own slop. You're just like <laughs> sharpening everywhere, yeah. and like throwing them to the side, blowing yeah. them off your way, like lap. Like somebody who accuses me cares. of littering, I'll just I'll just be like, I'm just just giving back to the environment. Is this biodegradable, man? <laughs> it's all natural, man. <laughs> Tell them about the cedar shortage. Just be like, I'm helping. Yeah, just plant a tree over here, sir. Plant, plant trees, dude. Back <laughs> off. <laughs> They grow into a pencil tree. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> For the children. Science. For the children. Oh, yeah, just thinking about, right. thinking about our future. You need to write a children's book. <laughs> the pencil um, tree. The pencil tree. So I, um, so I generally I go for something like that. Um, and I, I kind of find, and I don't know, I don't know if this is, has to do with my left-handedness or if this is like a regular thing, but I feel like it's harder for me if I don't have something to write on besides like my lap or my hand. Po- pocket notebooks are really hard. Like I really prefer something bigger that I kind of like rest the side of my hand against when I'm writing. So yeah. Yeah. Like a confidant's good. Um, uh, Moleskin. Moleskins. Um, just like, uh, yeah, my field notes are, it's, it's hard to just sort of like hold it up and write in it for me. I mean, I can, I can do it, but my handwriting is just like illegible. So I feel like I'm, I'm like either one or one of the other extreme where a field notes works fine if I have like my legs crossed because I can like prop it right on my leg and write per, like write almost fine. Yeah. But I almost don't like anything in between that and like a big ass notebook because like yeah. the one I picked was, <laughs> which is like a cheaper option than like that. Remember that huge Leuchterm notebook that I oh, got? Oh yeah, the Masterbook. That, <clears throat> yeah, the Masterbook. That one's a little little over the top, but you can get it at a, it Office Office Max or Office Depot, whichever one still exists. Mm-hmm. Um, the black and red notebooks. Yeah. You've seen these? Yep. They're, they're yeah. pretty inexpensive, but like they have a large hardback that's like, it's like a roughly legal pad sized. Mm-hmm. And I like that because, yeah, you, you, just like you're saying, like you can set it on your lap. It's going to, it's hardback. And so you don't, won't have any problems writing. And I, I, I agree, but it's funny because I, I, I agree with the idea, but also like I'm on either extreme, like either the small or like the super big, but not yeah. like the middle ones. Those ones are awkward for me, like the, yeah the confidants or the moleskins or whatever. Like I need something either larger or something that I can plant yeah. right on the leg. That's interesting. Yeah. I like confidants are about as large as I go. Like I have some like legal pads or whatever, but like almost always I hardly ever use like a really, as, as you say, a big ass notebook. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is that what I said? Yeah. Is what you said. Yeah. Okay. All right, <laughs> <laughs> foul good. mouth. Tim. Sorry. Sorry kids. <laughs> 10B, bring down foul mouth Tim. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> now, Bright Notepads makes a new size that's um, like 7 and change by 10 and change. It's a good size for lap, lap writing. Oh, yeah. I haven't seen I've, – I've, I've seen those. those look I don't really have good. one yet. Yeah. But they're, they're pretty. They're yeah. like the meeting notebook but with regular paper. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah, Johnny, what is your, what is your special equipment so, of choice? Um, if I'm not using something hardback – like especially if I'm going somewhere and doubly, especially if I have the stroller, um, I'm with you. Field notes is like the down, the downside of a field notes is they're a pain in the ass to actually use if you're not sitting at a desk. So um, I used to have like one of those tiny little clipboards. It's like half the size of a clipboard. Mm-hmm. It's just the right size for a field notes. But then that thing's a pain 
like I was always getting my arm hair stuck in the clip. I'm like, that's painful. Like, no one needs that while they're trying to write. <laughs> so um, a couple years ago, I bought this giant, like, artist clipboard at an art supply store that's like, I don't know, 13 by 17 or 18 or something like that with a giant clip, and the other end has rubber band, which I've had to replace a few times, but you can just buy them at an art shop. Um, so it's like, it'll take up most of your lap, but they're not huge. So, I mean, you could fit them in a backpack, I guess, but they're really good for like sitting in a rocking chair with a field notes or yeah. a composition book. They'll, they'll go just as bad as big as a composition book. So that's my favorite outdoor writing uh, piece of equipment Yeah. besides just, you know, my leg or a cafe table. And um, one that I got recently, but I haven't got to test that much. There's a company called Allwitch. Um, they make notebooks that are just like a little black notebook with um, like blue dye around the edges, and they only come in like a lined notebook in four or five sizes. Yeah, I'm looking and, at this um, right now. These are lovely. Oh, they're so pretty. Where did you so, get them? Um, used to not be able to get them, but now they'll ship to the United States. Okay. So they have free shipping in the UK. They're based in uh, Scotland, but um, huh. they'll send you a quote, a uh, shipping quote on PayPal, like you know, is this okay? Or do you want us to refund your money? Mm. Um, but they were really nice and it came really fast. I remember people recommending them when moleskins were like a thing, like 15 or 16 years ago. Like what? These yeah. things have been around forever. Check these out. I think they, didn't they talk about really this great. in that, that black cover blog? Yeah. 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 That was such a good blog. Um, but now they're easier to get, which is cool. And like, huh. they were really nice. Um, they said it would take a week or two. I don't even know if it took a week yeah. and the shipping wasn't bad. I got the smallest one, with shipping, I might have paid like fourteen or fifteen bucks total, which I don't. I don't think that's bad. They're made in Scotland. Um, the books themselves are so pretty, but not like I don't want to touch this pretty. Like, oh, I'm going to crack this and fill this book up and get another one pretty. I love that blue. So, that blue dye on the edges. Yeah, the, yeah, and the, the paper's line. like yeah, that's... it's opaque. It's like it's not moleskin paper, but it's not barren fake paper. Yeah, but like you know, if I wouldn't you, want a pocket notebook of barren fake paper. Too stiff. Yeah. If you order from them too, just on their website, it, if you buy three of them, they'll send you a free one. So it's buy three get one free as well. What? These yeah. uh, these columns <laughs> these columnar books they have the like ledgers are really cool looking. These are like super retro looking. Yeah, I mean they they advertise the all weather cover, which I yeah. suppose is, is true of a moleskin too. But um, there's just something about the fat little block of these, but they're still so flexible, and the binding is like, you know, like gum. It's perfectly flexible and it closes perfectly that you know you want to tag this thing take this around on a camping trip bust it up a little bit and from what i understand the rounded corners is sort of a recent thing which is good because you know that's more practical for durability purposes oh man those are uh, really cool i'm totally getting one of those at some point yeah yeah they they sell a set of uh one of each so i asked them for a shipping quote on that it was like 20 25 bucks to get those Mm -hmm. shipped and the notebooks are like I don't know how to do the conversion 40 or something, but they're totally worth it. They're really pretty. Hmm. Oh, that's cool. So uh, the, someone posted recently in, the, in one of the Facebook groups where um, Michael Palin from uh, Monty Python and, you know, Michael Palin yeah. of Michael Palin uses their notebooks. <laughs> huh. And yeah. I asked them, it's pronounced all which. I always said all which, but it's all which. All which. All which. Yeah, I think you win this uh, this episode's yeah. recommendation because this is this, <laughs> this is, is really awesome. These are fantastic. I, I don't I'm know. About these. I'm a little embarrassed. <laughs> I've never heard of these before. Yeah, I've at the been drilling over them for like ten years. I'm like I want one, but 
And you, you haven't know. shared yet? Yeah, Come how on. dare you? It wasn't possible. Well, I finally just got one. <laughs> like oh, a week or two ago. It's uh, three. It's thirty-two pounds, plus shipping, uh, for three, plus a free one. So you get four for thirty-two pounds. So that's like that's not bad. Yeah. That's basically Moleskin prices. Same thing. So yeah. Yeah, and they're they're shipping. They just charge um costs, and they packed it really well. It came looking good. Hmm. Oh, they're so pretty. I think if I discovered these a long time ago, it would, it's probably all I would use. This would be an all witch notebook podcast. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to dig into those and do a uh, more detailed review on my blog. We should do an all witch episode. Andy and I should try to figure out how to get our hands on some of these. Yeah. And we'll do an I mean, all witch so episode. maybe we can get somebody from all witch on. Maybe they can send us some free uh, ones. All that would witch. be cool. <laughs> if they came should, on. If we could have them on, that would be awesome. Yeah. I sent them a link to our. Um, podcast and my blog and they, were, they said they had a we look around my website and i was like oh you said we look <laughs> but um you know maybe a bunch of u.s orders will pour in now that would be good yeah yeah, yeah. people tend Love. to buy buy things we recommend because get there we um, don't recommend crap yeah everybody <laughs> um go order from all witch and tell them you heard about them from us and get their, get their attention. The episode is yes. all- <laughs> <laughs> hey they're made in house I wonder if we could, you know, get a little stamping action going. Ooh. Idea. That's the other cool thing. I mean, I've never owned a book made in Scotland before. No. Oh. Um, those um, those tartan notebooks. Oh, yeah, those are pretty. I don't have any of those. Yeah. Those are really good. Um, shoot, what are, what are they called? Waverly. I actually don't know where they're made. They might be made out of out of the country. Yeah. Where Anyhow, is my helmet notebook? Yeah. So, um, yeah, go get it. I mean, go get one. Tell them we sent you. Yeah. If, but, like, don't buy them all because, like, I want some more. Yeah. But um, jo- Johnny's going to be the, the going to be the exclusive U.S. retailer. Of... <laughs> <laughs> so I bought the smallest size, which is the size of a Field Notes, but a quarter of an inch smaller um, width and height-wise. Hmm. But it's really thick, and it makes it look really tiny, and it's really flexible. So, like... It's a super good pocket notebook because I love moleskins, but you can't, can't actually carry a hardback moleskin in your jeans pocket. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess you you could. I don't know if you could do it very comfortably. And they're they're <laughs> soft back. Why you would? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they're um, <laughs> the soft cover moleskin is not as durable feeling as this as the all witch. Yeah. And like it doesn't have anything. It doesn't have an elastic. It doesn't have a pocket. It doesn't have a uh, bookmark. Just like put a rubber band on the stump, put it in your pocket, and get rocking. <laughs> <laughs> I've been cussing a lot tonight. I'm you, you have. You're spicy. Yeah. <laughs> tired. <laughs> so um, now I, we might have covered a little bit of this, but what are some tips for outdoor writing? I, Johnny, you have uh, both. Both of you have way more tips than I have. So I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna defer to you all. Yeah. Tim. Tim, do, do you want to go any... first, Tim? Well. I mean, mine is actually kind of goes along with what I just said, though, is just that I sticking to a large scale notebook or definitely something hardback is a good call. Yeah. Uh, as far as writing outdoors, uh, it seems kind of counterintuitive because you think you want something like slim and flexible. But if you're writing outside, it just gives you like a portable desk to carry around with you. So um, that's that. And then my other advice would be what Andy, what you already said, which is about uh, choosing a pencil. I think I, I'm kind of in two camps on this like choosing a pencil that is a little on the firmer side like a blackwing natural or something is really is a really good fit 
for uh, for this kind of thing. But yeah. uh, at the same time, I kind of like the idea of using a softer pencil because I just like to sharpen a lot. And then there's that whole like pig in its own slop kind of thing where you can <laughs> just kind of like throw shavings around, blow them around, and, and just and not not worry about it. Slop. Try slop. So, yeah, what about you, Johnny? Um, so a lot of what we already talked about, like bring your own writing surface, unless you have something like a big write notepads or a moleskin that's stiff on its own. Um, one thing I do if I go out on the balcony is I'll bring a little, like a, my, um, Harry Potter pencil box has two, um, levels and you can sort of open it and separate it. So you basically have a tray of pencils. Hmm. So I'll just like go outside with them all sharpened and see how many I can dull up. That's kind of fun. Um, and the other one, like, I know this is a pencil podcast, but like take a damn Bic crystal because there's yeah. no other pen in the world that'll write on anything. And if you lose it, you know, whatever, someone will pick it up and use it. Honestly, like, yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. Just Bic crystals will write anywhere for any reason unless you just like specifically destroy it. So yeah, if all else fails. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> like in theory, yeah. they don't write when it's cold, but like, you know, if you hold it in your fist for a while, you can write with it for a few minutes before it starts clobbing. Yeah. Well, that's how I know this. Did you say globbin or clobbin? Was that? They get a little globby okay, skipping okay. when they get cold. Yeah. But um, I mean, you know, if I'm going somewhere and I'm going super minimalist half the time, I just throw a bake in my pocket and yeah, I'm good. Don't don't need accessories for it. I especially like the uh. Good. I would say pencils and big crystals have something in common, which is that a big crystal you can watch the ink run out pretty quickly. You know, like it. Yeah. You can you can see the progress of it moving. It's the same thing with a pencil. How you can like kind of see the product, like how productive you are yeah. <laughs> based on how much ink is disappearing from it, which is which is nice. Yeah, I do think that yeah, big crystals was... are just sort of the preferred pen, pens of pencil people. Like they, yeah, nothing fancy. They're really reliable. <laughs> yeah. I know a guy who with a pencil blog who calls them the pencil of pens. Yeah, it's true. I know that guy too. He's cool. Yeah, that's what I. That's what I hear. <laughs> so, um, you know, speaking of Bruce Chatwin, like in the song lines, he mentions um, when he pulls out his moleskin, like, "Oh, I get these in Paris," and the guy was let, sort of rolls his eyes, like, "That's really pretentious." So I buy big crystal finds from the UK because they're better than the regular crystals. Yeah, they're very smooth and they don't skip. So like you know, then you have a bic, which is going to work, but it's also a little fancy. I like the ones with the or- kind of like orange translucent barrels. Yeah, there's a box of fifty of them for sixteen bucks on Amazon. I'm trying to not buy. That's <laughs> <laughs> like fifty of them. I can just give them to everybody I know. I'll I'll, sp- I'll split one with you. They also have green. I know you like green. Ooh, we can talk about this later. Yeah, <laughs> take this offline. <laughs> yeah, so um. Let's say that you are going on a backpacking trip, and for some reason, someone says all you can take is a day pack. So, I mean, you know, we all know what a day pack looks like, like a little transport or something. And um, in this day pack, you've got to take all your stuff for camping. So you can't just fill it with like notebooks and pencils. Or I, I guess if you could, if you don't want to eat. But um, <laughs> in that situation, what would you guys take? <laughs> oh, man, I've. Jeez, I so so often or so seldom go camping or go day packing, um, but I I would probably take I'd probably take a pocket notebook, um, 
just because it does take up so much less room. Like I, I've definitely like walked around with a, like a confidant in my bag and it's just like, yeah, like if, if I just need to put something down, like a pocket notebook probably would be fine. Um, and I probably would take a pen, probably like a, um, like a bit crystal just in case, um, like, as I said before, like in case everything else breaks or runs out, like bit crystal will still go. Um, and probably like my bullet pencil too. Um, I, that's just a nice portable thing. feels really rugged. Um, and you can just kind of like clip it to the pocket notebook. And then of course, like a sharp, like a little brass bullet sharpener. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't have any like super good creative answers there, but that, that just seems like a super, uh, stripped down utilitarian, uh, selection, right? Yeah. 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 Tim, what about you? I I went into this assuming that it would be not like just a day hike or something, but like I'd be out for a few days or something. Okay, yeah. Uh, you know, maybe three or four days where I was going to be out camping somewhere. And uh, so I started with the Notco Brass Town case, which mm, is the mm-hmm. – uh, from uh, Brad and Jeff, It's the, this is the rollout case, the one that zips into like a sort of like hot dog shape uh yeah roll but then like when you unzip it it rolls out and there are like six slots in it and so that's where i started from and so it's if you've got a pencil like a black wing that's sharpened down a little bit you can fit it in there and so i decided to take i would take one of those i would take one kind of firmer pencil like a 602 or a, a 9852 ew or something like that like a a firmer b 2b kind of pencil uh, one of those one Softer, which is just going to be the MMX, no matter what. Uh, a Coombe single hole long point sharpener, and I know you guys love you some big crystals, but when it comes to a ballpoint pen, I actually would prefer like nine out of ten times the Uniball Jetstream, the one point mm. Yeah, um, it's just more comfortable. I don't like the the crystal is just a little too thin for me to use too often. I can use it to like jot down little things, it, but I don't it does like have, writing with it for a while. It does have pretty sharp corners too; like it can get a little uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. I just I like the jet streams shape and it's also it's, it's it's a little bigger and I just have kind of chunky hands and I like the 1.0 uh width on that as well. I know most people like the 0.7 on that, but I like the 1.0 just cuz it it's like writing with a fountain pen or something. Yeah. Is that the um the stick pen style one? It's a uh, It has a little rubber grip on it, right? The whole thing is kind of rubberish, like the whole yeah, body up. There's one that's like a stick oh, pen yeah, with a yeah, cap yeah. that I really like. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there is a stick pen. One hundred and one. Sorry, I didn't know what you meant. I didn't know what you meant by that. There is a, there is a Jetstream one point oh that's like got a cap on it. That I have, I have a few of those, and that's a really awesome pen too. So that would be even probably better than the Click one that I was thinking. So, um, yeah, me, me, I'm gonna send you like a. So this is, this is what I'm talking about. So, um, great podcasting right now. That's what this is. Um, I'm gonna. Send you oh so the stick one there's a stick one that's like really skinny that's not really I'll just send you the one that I was thinking of uh, originally which is which is this this is the one that I would put in there and I'd probably put one or two of them in the uh, in the case so one of those and they also have one that's almost the exact same design but it's just got a cap on it instead so it's a little like, kind of a reverse design oh yeah so these, these are great I, I love those pens so one of those in the 1.0 I would 
bring that large hardback notebook I talked about, and then I would bring two field notes Hmm. notebooks. And the reason is that when I'm in those kind of settings and I've got freedom to think, my mind goes a lot of different places and I would like to have the freedom to be like, oh, I'm going to, because I'll often be like, oh, I'm going to start a field notes for this. You know, like I'm going to have a field notes for this and then I'm going to have a field notes to just use as like a brain dump kind of thing. So So I feel like you would get a full millimeter, like a one millimeter pencil. Pen? The pen, yes. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's, that's the width. The actual line Thanks, that it writes Jenny. is not. <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. I, th- I tried to do it into a pillow. <laughs> Gross. Um, <laughs> the, the actual line is not that thick. So it's it's not as wide as you think it is. But knowing you, you'd probably, the 0.7 is the one that most people like. Like I know yeah. Brad likes those. Uh, people like those. And it writes a really, it writes a really like perfectly even and consistent line. Whereas the 1.0, it can be kind of like spotty, but I just love it. So. Yeah. Um, but yeah, nice. so that would be mine. So I feel like that would give me everything I could possibly need for, for a few days. Hmm. Man, that's thoughtful. Yeah, definitely. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Johnny, how about so, you? Uh, I would just take a brand new pocket moleskin and a bit crystal and like a pencil, like a Ticonderoga or something. Cause I mean, I wouldn't go camping without a knife and like, I'm not too shabby sharpening pencil with a knife. Oh, Honestly, I would cut I'd probably, my finger I'd off. Probably just use, <laughs> I'd probably just use the Bic because, like, man, a crystal really sings on the, that moleskin paper. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, p- pretend yeah, pretend you have a pocket pod. Pretend you have a pencil podcast, and <laughs> you need to talk about what pencil you'd bring. <laughs> like a Ticonderoga. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it'd be hard to um, use more than one. Yeah. Like you could fill a couple moleskins on one pencil. It'd yeah, be hard not to take uh, a forest choice. But... Yeah. That's oh, true. that's a good point. That's true. Okay, two forest choices and a pocket moleskin. There you go. There you go. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> Sweet. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make sure that this scenario happens as many times as possible this summer. and I'm going to report back on the Perfect. the empirical testing of our yeah. of our plans here. So. It's perfect. <laughs> Yeah. Awesome. So we've we've gone pretty long. Yeah. Thank you for still listening to us. Yes. <laughs> you all miss, you all missed us and you know it. We yeah. missed you. I'm gonna I'm I gonna leave you guys. I'm gonna leave in Johnny sneezing just so you get the authentic experience. Oh man. Sorry. <laughs> I know it's all right. I I stuffed my face into a pillow. Make sure you have like noise canceling headphones. It's like yes. you're in the room with us. <laughs> you can feel the spray on your face when you yeah. <laughs> If I get a next another one, I'll record it and send it to Andy. I'm like, pump this one up. It's, it's <laughs> turn be, the pace up. It's gonna be the, the uh, <laughs> It's gonna be the stinger at the beginning or whatever. Yeah. Be <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna be driving the car. We're gonna cause at least one car accident. <laughs> uh, yeah. See, when self-driving cars come, we can all podcast on the road. Perfect. Thing. Yeah. You could really ride around writing. That'd be cool. <laughs> Yeah. So uh can you folks or you folks, you gents say where folks can find you on the internets and the medias. I am at um Twitter and Instagram as at a Wellfley. Uh you can read the pencil blog that I never update at woodclinch.com and you can see more of my information at andy.wtf. How about you, Tim? You can find me on Twitter at Tim Wassum, and I'm on Instagram at Timothy Wassum. Awesome. So I am Johnny. I am on PencilRevolution.com and on social media at Pencilution, and recently on Medium because I read it a lot, so I figured I should 
like try to write some stuff. Yeah. So I only have one on there, which is a reprint, uh, a revision of um, an article I read about moleskins. Moleskin on the brain lately. So um, yeah, we are the Erasable Podcast. This is episode 116, which you could find at erasable.us slash 116 or on your favorite podcast catcher. Um, you could check out our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash erasable, which is probably like the best place on earth for anyone that likes pencils or nice people or both. Um, follow our page at facebook.com slash erasable podcast and on Twitter and Instagram we are at erasable podcast. Thanks for tuning in and we'll be back again when the weather is even warmer. Turn it off.